Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 122 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and as always, I am joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan. How you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, it's been a good week. Um, getting ready for Colorado, just mentally preparing. Um, it was kind of busy at work. I had a few calls with Japan throughout the week, so some early mornings, some late nights, but overall pretty good. The parents... So last weekend, we helped our neighbors move a pool table up from their basement because they were giving it away to, I think there's like a truck or someone or a service that they come and take furniture for free, and then they give it to people who are less fortunate. Mm. Uh, I I don't think it's like homeless people, but it's people who can't afford furniture. So they're trying to give that away, an entertainment center. And then I have a leather sectional, which I took maybe four pieces from my apartment but it's a massive sectional and the parents still had maybe I think five pieces left. Um, so they're trying to get rid of that because they want to do some stuff with the basement. And it literally, it takes up like one half of the parents' basement yeah. just because of how big it is. So I went over Friday morning because my dad was like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll just move the sectional myself. Like I got it. Or so I went over Thursday night, moved it all into the garage he was like, I'll just move it to the curb myself. Don't worry. He's 62, I think, 63. He's He shouldn't be moving giant sectional pieces by himself. So I was like, no. the fuck you are. So I was like, I'm going to be over here at 730. I'm going to, whenever you need it, run out and move them for you. So dad was in a meeting when the truck, like someone banged at the door. I brought over the dog just because I didn't want her at my apartment alone while I was working because I didn't know the time frame. Neighbor comes over, knocks on the door. The dog thinks we're being robbed. Just starts freaking out. Dad's in the front living room, like, being a really bad lookout for, like, trying to prepare for this. And he's like, hey, 10 to 15 minutes are coming. And he's on a meeting for the remainder of that hour. So I was like, well, shit, I guess I have to do it. So I ran over, moved everything to the bottom of the driveway, grabbed the dog as she's trying to kill in the most loving way possible. Mm-hmm. And then we get another knock at the door. Hey, these people are here. They want you to move it to our side of the street, which was not part of the original agreement. They said, any side of the street, we'll move it, whatever. But we, these guys were being like pretty difficult. I, I don't know if they were lazy or what, but so we moved over all the furniture to the our neighbor's side of the street. It was good. They're looking at the stuff. They ended up taking basically nothing from us or our neighbors. Wow. They just sat around talking about like non-related stuff. And then they're after like 10 to 15 minutes of just talking, they're like, oh yeah, we can't, we don't want to take any of this. I think it's because they didn't want to lift entertainment centers. They didn't want to lift these sectionals, whatever. So I was in the middle of a presentation when we got that bad news. I had to like run over to there, grab the furniture, bring it back. And I was like, it wasn't cool. So we're going to, I think we just have to trash the furniture, which is unfortunate. We wanted to at least give it to a better cause than just, I think we have to wrap it up and then they smash it into oblivion. 
Nice. Yeah. So, <laughs> and my dad was like, hey, do you want the rest of your sectional? Because this is the sectional back in high school that my da- I don't know why, but my dad was like, yeah, you can go pick out the sectional or like our furniture for the basement. Why he gave me that amount of power, I don't know, but he did. So we found the sectional. It was on sale. Looked pretty cool. I had zero money and we were trying to hold it. So I ran over to the bank. I had zero ID on me. So how I got to there with like driving without an ID, I don't know. I was like, hey, I need $3,000 in cash right now. <laughs> and they didn't know if I was robbing them or what. They're like, so do you have like an ID to prove your account? I was like, no. You might know my mom, though. <laughs> and my mom, bless her heart, she likes knowing everyone's backstory, family tree. Like, you know, for I, the number of times bad. you've been to the parents. It's and she's bad. like, so this person's dog went to college, and then her daughter went to college as well, but in this side of the country, because, you know, that's where they met their husband. And their husband is an electrical engineer who then flew over here. And you're just like, holy fuck. Like, <laughs> where are we going with this story? Like, so, like, 10 minutes of backstory to get to. Oh, yeah, she's going to come up from North Carolina this weekend. It's like, <laughs> You know, it's interesting. Um, you know, you're kind of telling this elaborate five-minute story. And I'm oh, kind of wondering yeah. where the fuck you're going with this story. I'm trying to explain that this week. Oh, okay. That's where we were going. <laughs> so it was basically that the main point of this week is, yeah, we, we tried to get rid of some furniture. Uh, but besides that, it was just basically uh, work. Mm. Nothing crazy. Um, yeah. Interesting. Well, apple doesn't fall <laughs> far from the tree, Ryan. Cool. <laughs> Glad you told that and wasted everyone's fucking time. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't top your week, though. Oh my gosh. Welcome everyone. As That's we said cool, at the top, whatever. this is Otaka Brothers. That's Ryan <laughs> over there. He um he talks about all kinds of nonsensical craziness. And so do I, because we talk about whatever, whenever we want to here on Otaka Brothers. We try to keep it video game focused. Sometimes we derail. But yes, we always tip off the show or at least start the show with talking about our weeks. We get into some games that we've been playing recently. Ryan and I have a little update for the podcast moving forward, and then we're going to try and do some hypotheticals, no, superthetals at the end of the show. And if you don't know what those are, stay tuned. We will walk you through that for sure. One other thing I do want to bring up, and I don't know if you're experiencing this as a listener right now or not, but for whatever reason, Ryan and I, you know, we've been doing 122, 123 episodes, I think, at this point of this show. And um, I say 123 because we did a movie review back in the day, but that's beside the point. I think we have one other uncounted one in like the 90s somewhere. We might. Yeah. Um, But I feel like for every 20 episodes, Ryan and I just run into some random unaccounted for problem with recording, whether it's audio or it's echo, a computer, it's an echo thing. It. Whatever it is, we always randomly run into an issue and it's always a different problem. We solve one and then it's like, you know, you're patching up a boat with a bunch of holes another hole randomly pops up. And this morning when I booted up Voice Meter, the program I use to record the podcast, it like, I don't know if uh, an update rolled out to Yeti microphones, but we have Blue Yetis. It has renamed the Blue Yeti instead of Yeti stereo microphone. It's now Yeti Classic or something. So that screwed up all of the gain settings that I had. And so now for whatever reason, it looks like our audio 
um, levels are super low. So hopefully I can boost that in post, make it sound nice and beautiful for all the good people out there. But you never know. You just never know what to expect when you record a podcast. And audio is pretty freaking hard to figure out, people. Let me tell you. It really is every 30 episodes because I think in the mid-90s we had to take a break because... We had echo issues and we didn't figure out why we had put up blankets everywhere and then we eventually got these contraptions uh, that we currently have like covering our mics Mm -hmm. and then I had to record in a different location because we were like what the hell is going on. Yeah, and then we had to take a break because we were just like, I think it was one weekend we spent eight hours trying to figure out audio for like a two hour podcast and we're like, you know what, before I kill someone... Let's (laughs) Let's <laughs> let's take a break. So. You know, I hope the good people out there appreciate the show and love uh, what you're listening to because Ryan and I definitely go out of our way to put out a show for you people. Uh, we really do sometimes, but we love doing it and that's all that matters. But anyways, let's get back to weeks. Let's talk about what's going down. And yes, I would say that my week was a little bit more exciting than calls with Japan and staying up too late working, talking about supply chain. Yeah, gotta love that supply chain. (laughs) Most exhilarating topic of all time. Because on Wednesday, I finally saw my favorite band of all time, the Foo Fighters. Thanks to my friend, listener of the show, I, I could even consider him a friend of the show. He got tickets because he has early access through, I think, credit card that he used. I don't know, but he got tickets early they sold out the show it was a brand new venue down in cincinnati and the first band that actually played was the band that opened up for the foo fighters which was radkey we'll get to that in a second but yeah so lauren and i drove down we got a hotel just because we knew that the foo the foos were going to play for two and a half three hours it would be a late night we were probably gonna be sweaty and gross afterwards so we thought let's just camp out for a night wake up the next morning uh, you know, get some coffee and drive back home. And that's kind of what we did. So we got there early and ended town, got a nice bite to eat, went over to the venue. Uh, they were going to open the doors at 630. Radkey was going to take the stage at 730. And then the Foos were going to take the stage at 830. And fortunately, we got there so early that I don't know, we must have been two, 300 people out from the front of the line. And I saw the newscast the following morning, um, just because it brought a lot of people to the venue and to Cincinnati. Um, there were some people that had camped out there since like the the morning before. Wow. So they were there for like 24, 48 hours just to get a good seat because it was all general admission. And I still, you know, we didn't do any camping or anything. We just showed up a couple hours early and I could not believe our seats. And by seats, I mean standing in a field because – um, you don't sit at a Foo Fighters concert, at least you shouldn't, because yeah. that's not the energy of the band or the energy of the crowd. But yeah, they definitely exceeded my wildest expectations. Laura and I were supposed to see them last year for their 25th anniversary tour. Uh, they were only going to play 10 shows, going to 10 cities that they went to back in you know 1995 or 96 or whatever. Um, and they, I think, or they went to same cities but different venues than they had originally planned last year because last year they were going to play like stadiums yeah and now they're playing kind of these more intimate settings so it was about eight thousand people that were at the venue and i'll tell you what you know i'm not sure 
last year, I think that the Foos were, had still been touring, you know, every year, every two years or whatever. I think having a year off did wonders for Dave's voice because I don't think he's ever sounded as good as he did uh, when we saw him. Really? Uh, because, I mean, he doesn't have a vocal coach. You know, he doesn't rest his voice or anything like that. He just screams for two and a half hours every night, <laughs> yeah. drinks yeah. a bunch of Jaeger and beer and just does it the next night, you know? So how he's able to sound as good as he does is beyond me. Um, but they played a great set. I mean, 24, 25 songs. I don't even know how many songs they played, but they played for two and a half hours. They played just about every song I wanted them to, you know, I looked at the, the songs or the set that they played in Madison square garden a couple weeks ago. And the only song that they didn't play that I was hoping they would, because I saw Dave's acoustic guitar was uh, skin and bones. So if you're familiar with the Foo Fighters, that's more of an acoustic-y song that they played in the early 2000s. And um, Rami Jaffe, the the keyboardist, gets out an accordion and it's just they just jam for like three minutes and it's amazing. But they didn't play that. They played a lot of my other favorites. They played some songs from the new record, Medicine at Midnight. They played some. Uh, they played two songs from their alter egos, the DGs, uh, which are two or which is basically a BG's cover band that they released a record about a month and a half ago called uh, Hail Satan. Oh, nice. Uh, but it was just <laughs> eight or ten BG's covers. They played two of those, which were great. Um, they played my favorite song of theirs, which is Walk from Wasting Light. Uh, that's the record that came out just before I went to college. So it's super special to me because I just remember my freshman year just playing that uh, the whole record on repeat. But walk especially, I'd play um, as I would walk around campus, go to the gym, whatever. It was kind of just my, um, I don't know, it just reminds me of my freshman year of college. So it's it's special to me for that reason. Cool. Um, and they played a lot of other good songs. So, and, and, and Dave, I mean, he is just, I, I always knew he was such an incredible frontman for a band. And he also just seems like such a genuine person. But, you know, when they played times like these, you know, the, the way they play it now is it's like two and a half minutes of, uh, Rami the keyboard is playing kind of a soft piano and then Dave singing the main lyrics the chorus and then eventually it goes into like a jam session like the harder version of it and they get into it and of course Dave you know goes up to the mic and he's like all right motherfuckers are you ready <laughs> you know and then just and then they just start jamming or whatever um but it was funny because they played like three or four songs and then you know Dave just kind of started talking to the crowd and was just like, you know, it's been a long time since we've been out here playing. It's been a long time since you all have been at concerts. You know, how does it feel? And everyone was just going nuts. And he's like, and I miss the smell of, uh, you know, it's just, it just smells like a fresh crowd of, uh, you know, people wanting to listen to music and, uh, well, a lot of weed because pe <laughs> people were like lighting up. Um, but then towards the end of the concert, he's like, you know, it smelled like weed, uh, before now it just smells like sauerkraut and like sweaty ass <laughs> you know um and then he was like you know asking people he's like you want two more songs and everyone just started booing he's like you want five more songs and everyone started getting a little louder he's like you want 15 more songs and everyone just went nuts he's like fuck that shit it's hot as balls out here because like, it was like 90 degrees um super humid and then when you're you know packed in like sardines yeah. to this um, this pit of people, it's really, really hot and warm. So, um, how many more songs did he end up playing? They probably played about three to five more. Okay. Um, you know, they ended with Everlong. His, his kind of thing is, you know, I don't like saying goodbye because we're going to be back. W will you guys come back if we, if we come back to this venue or whatever? Uh, and of course everyone went nuts. He's like, uh, but yeah, no, I have a problem saying goodbye. So 
this is what I do. And then he just starts playing the main riff to Everlong. So great concert. Um, You know, I've been to a number of shows in my time, not an exhaustive list of concerts, but I think this definitely tops the list. One, because it was my favorite band. Um, Two, because I was a stone's throw from the stage. And three, because there's just a certain energy you get from live music that can never be replicated um, from a record or a CD or even if you have like a studio in your basement to listen to music. There's just a certain energy you get from the crowd being surrounded by people, you know, simultaneously singing the lyrics or singing them back to the person or the band that's performing them um, and then not going to a concert since 2019 because of the pandemic. You just you just craved it so yeah. much. And even I think, live renditions of songs, you don't get anywhere close to that energy. Oh, my gosh. And the, the foos. I mean, every song, like if the recorded version is like three and a half, four minutes they extend it to be like five and a half, six, because at the end they just jam, mm-hmm. you know, they just completely go off of the actual lyric piece and they just jam it out. And it, it was just so good. So definitely uh, well worth the wait. And they certainly delivered on pretty much every front that I could have wanted. Very nice. But I will stop talking about the Foo Fighters because I could go on and on for days and then we'd start listening to music and it's just a rabbit hole we can't come out of. So <laughs> that's how it was to start this podcast. It was like, hey, here's the first like 15 minutes of Rad Key and the Foo Fighters. Well, and like, we probably should record. <laughs> you spent like 12 minutes talking about you're going to the bank with your mom or something. So I had to I had to bring us back. Okay. With a little Foo Fighters style. Fair enough. Touche. Yeah. Touché. Yeah. But uh, what do you say, Ryan? We transition to the games that we've been playing, the movies we've been watching, and all that other fun stuff. Yeah. I'm game. Any uh, any movies you watched this week? We had a lot of movie talk last time. Not really. I mean, with the late nights and like all the conference calls I had, I didn't really have much time throughout the week to play. Um, I started Hunter x Hunter, though. And it so that's an anime that's on Netflix. I've always heard good things i think it's mid 90s review oh as far as it goes and i'm entertained i think i'm like 16 episodes in it's living up to expectations are they just like quick 20 minute uh, episodes yeah they're they're pretty quick they're an easy binge um so the overall concept is you follow i think his name is gund gund a weird name and it's basically like this 12 year old kid and he's off to his, his dad's a hunter, not 100% sure what that means yet, but his dad's a hunter and he didn't, he wasn't there for him as a kid and he's going out to become a hunter to understand why his dad put that over basically raising him, like why it was so important to his dad. So to become a hunter, you have to go through like these trials and it's basically where I'm at is going through trying to get to the end of this test. Okay. And it's really entertaining. Um... It's different than other animes I've watched, but I'm enjoying myself. Cool. Very yeah. nice. And then as far as games goes, a uh, bit of RuneScape. There there was like a calamity in our Discord uh, talking about a different MMO. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it, it caused like an avalanche of downloads for Final Fantasy fourteen because we heard that game was hurting. Not enough players. And uh, we added like six more. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just getting on the subject of MMOs, I've always kind of stayed clear of them just because I know, 
my mindset when it comes to that type of stuff and I just figured like it would just be a significant time sink I would lose friends I would I wouldn't shower I wouldn't do anything except play that game so I stayed away from like World of Warcraft and things like that Runescape. I always had and well yeah I never got around to playing Runescape <laughs> probably never will <laughs> me neither yeah I'm sure um, you know, I always want to play Lord of the Rings online just because I'm such a tremendous fan of the film, tr- tremendous fan of the films, but also just the, the long line of EA games and other Lord of the Rings games as well. So, you know, last year, I think it was last year, maybe it was 2019 that I, I played. I think it was 19. It was pre-pandemic. Yeah. We were, you were still at your apartment. Yeah. Well, we were still in our apartment last year too. We moved in the middle of the pandemic, but, uh, I, I put about 40, 50 hours into that. And that was kind of like the first test where I was just like, all right, yeah, I'm done playing this because anymore I'm going to have to start paying for it and Mm -hmm. buying stuff. And that's just, um, I don't want to go down that route. So I kind of just walked away and I was fine. So it was kind of a test to me of like, oh, I can play these games and it's not that big of a deal. And I'm not like losing sleep thinking about playing the game. Yeah. And uh, I never really had a whole lot of interest in playing Final Fantasy 14. Um, I know it had a horrible launch, but, um, gosh what a what a story behind this game just because of they've done a complete 180 since launch um it's one of the most popular mmos if not the most popular mmo right now so especially with everything going on at blizzard right now and there's a lot of yeah um, they're falling apart exactly so um it's great to see that um you know final fantasy 14 has been so successful um post it's poor launch and with all of that said yes we have a a good friend of the show darren he uh another uh, person lives in ireland actually very nice yeah so um i've known him for about a decade met him through youtube and uh he joined the discord not too too long ago and he asked he just threw the question out there in our discord last night and was just like anyone out there playing uh final fantasy 14 and I think I was just like, uh, no, or maybe I think you responded. No, you, ta- you tagged me and was like, hey, you should uh, give it a try. And I, more or less bluffing, was like, yeah, I mean, only if you would uh, make a character as well. Because that that's, yeah, I th- think I wanted you to make a character on RuneScape and you said only if Pete Dorwood. would. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, sure. I mean, if you make a character and it was like all putting the onus on you and you're like, well, fuck, it's downloading now. And I was like, like I gave you a call. I was like, "Damn it, man! Like you're killing me." But yeah. yeah um, so yeah, you downloaded it. I downloaded it. Um, I think Dean downloaded it in the Discord. Uh, Nintai just downloaded it. Just downloaded it. So um, get on the train, people. All right. You know, if one person's going to download Final Fantasy 14, we all might as well download Final Fantasy. Yeah, we can start a clan, take over a server. You know. That's the plan. Yeah. So I have limited to no experience playing MMOs because Lord of the Rings Online is pretty old, pretty archaic, and the class system and job system or role system or whatever um, is pretty not complicated, I guess I would say. And I was reading some guides last night in Final Fantasy XIV. I'm sure to most people, it's like, oh, no, it's, it's pretty intuitive, pretty simple. But to me, it's like learning a new language. So yeah, and this is very different than like I guess RuneScape, which is not like a classic MMO. It's it's more along the lines of Lord of the Rings, where you have you're using three combat styles: range with a bow, magic with ruins to cast those spells, and then you have a sword to do melee. Mm-hmm. But this, I think, similar to WoW, you have a tank, a healer, and then like a DPSer mm-hmm. by whatever means necessary. Yeah, so. It's going to be a learning curve for me as well. Um, it's dangerous. I uh, 
it's dangerous. <laughs> I'm definitely far more worried about you playing Final Fantasy 14 than I am me because um, there's not a whole lot of accountability to reel you in over that apartment of yours because Nala's not going to say anything. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, you made an account last night mm-hmm. while I was playing Ori. Uh, is it it's free up to level 60 and then after 60 you have to play for like the remaining 20 levels is that i i honestly don't know yeah so i I, wherever i have to pay i'm not that's going to be my stopping point that's my deal i'm making with myself it has to be because i mean i don't even know if you know the dollar count you put into star wars galaxy of heroes I have a rough estimate. Okay. And I'm sure it's a pretty big number. It's too much. Yeah. And it's something I'm not going to put into another game. Yeah. So I think there's a happy balance to be had with a game like this. It's definitely dangerous territory, but I think it could be fun. And I think it's going to be best experience with a community of people. So, and maybe it's kind of one of those things where when you're playing, I'm playing. And if I can't play, well, then maybe Ryan doesn't play Final Fantasy 14. I, I think, yeah, it'll probably be, I, I, yeah, it, I'll have to do it with someone. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you get off, I'll get off kind of thing. Yeah, and and we're also going to create a new channel in the Discord called uh, MMO Support Group. So <laughs> <laughs> MMOs Anonymous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get chips and shit. Yeah, exactly. We might need it. I mean, I'm not trying to poke fun or make fun of something that's no, a, a, a legitimate problem. So um, yeah, no, I think it should be fun. And certainly if anyone has any tips or advice, whether it's about finding balance with MMOs and other video games or just the game itself, like if you have any tips for jobs or classes or how to play the game, by all means, get in the discord, let us know, send us an email at otakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com. I would love to know. Um, I don't, really want to go into this experience completely blind like I did with Lord of the Rings Online because I wasn't going to play uh, Lotro with anyone. I was just going to do it solo, you know, kind of get a taste of what what it was, run around the Shire for 50 hours, do a couple quests and call it good. Well, Darren was explaining stuff to me yesterday mm-hmm. for some of my questions. So he kind of walks through the main classes. I think classes and jobs are the same thing. I'm not 100% sure. I think you picked your character that can be any race and then you're set on what they can do. It, I'm, I don't know. I, I tried to watch some, it was like an asthma gold who used to be the biggest wow streamer went over to final fantasy 14 oh. and he was going, he was watching a video on classes and some of that being explained. So um, yeah, I, I don't know that much <laughs> at all. And I'm afraid Wanting to be efficient is going to like drive me to spend more time than I should figuring it out. Oh, I know, and I'm sure the, the longtime listeners of Otaku Brothers know, whether it's Monster Hunter, it's RuneScape, it's Animal Crossing, it's all in or no in for you when it comes to these yeah, types of games. Yeah, so, I'm all or nothing. So, um, yep. so, yeah, we'll be careful. We'll have fun. We'll definitely have impressions on future episodes of the show. And if you're listening to this podcast and you have not downloaded Final Fantasy fourteen and it's of interest to you, let us know. We can all play together. I don't even really know what that means. We got to get on the same server or something. We'll figure it out together, but get in the Discord. Let us know if you're playing. And if you're a longtime player, come on in the Discord and let us know what the heck we're doing and hold our hands along the way because we'll need it. I think it was server-based. Yeah. Like you pick your server when you make your character and you're set to that server mm-hmm. for your entire life of that character. Okay. At least from one of the videos I watched yesterday. Cool. 
All right. So well, we'll have to figure out or coordinate for servers. And I don't know if that's relative to like location. So like it is. people in Europe mm-hmm. like get worse. So we'll be picking some like I think they're generally servers in Chicago from like most games I've played. But yeah, if there's one in Ohio, we'll probably pick that and coordinate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll figure it out. So get at us. You know, get in the Discord. Let us know if you're playing. I think it should be fun. I'm certainly looking forward to, to playing some FF14 online. Yeah, me too. Uh, but besides that, um, just Ori. So I, I was, like, I've had a weird relationship with Ori. I'm loving the shit out of the game. It's probably my favorite game so far I've played this year. Okay. Um, and I went through the list of what I've played this year and what I've beaten, which isn't many. But Ori's amazing. It's beautiful. The platforming's tight. Uh, it's just Ori's adorable. Um, everything I want out of a platformer. It's the thing is it's difficult, which isn't the worst. It's not bad. It's it allows you to figure out where you want to place your like little save checkpoints because you're in control of all of your checkpoints basically. Mm-hmm. So if you're you make a run for that death and you come in with less health and you checkpoint, you can kind of screw yourself over. Um, so it's a lot of strategery, um, which makes it a lot of fun. I just got through like the wind area to the second out of three kind of main dungeons. And I'm kind of on the escape of the wind temple and Holy crap. Like those are the hard, I mean, Similar to, I mean, we were talking before this, uh, Breath of the Wild, you have the four beasts, which are kind of the main puzzles slash dungeons. There's three of them in here, which are kind of the main puzzles and dungeons, a little bit more challenging than the normal platforming and that you have in the exploring the world. But yeah, the escapes from those are, they're, they up their ante, mm. for sure. So I am... In the sequence when where I'm escaping the second wind dungeon, and after maybe ten deaths, I'm like, I'm gonna put this down for tonight. I want to like rest and not like stress myself out. But it, the first dungeon, I think it was sixty deaths to escape. So I'm about ten in trial and error, and I have not made it far at all. Okay, it's okay. usually it seems like. Depending on how fast you go, like a 30 second to a minute and a half sequence. Um, but yeah, it, it's intense for sure. But I'm, I'm really loving it. Great game worth playing. Um, I don't think easy, medium, or hard really affects these type of sequences. Yeah. Or the platforming. But yeah, good time. What have you played? Oh, I've watched a couple of things. I mean, I do want to say I'm glad you're continuing to play Ori, continue to make your way through it. You know, you're, you're being persistent with it. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. I just, my thing this week, cause coming off the long days, I didn't want Ori to end because I know it's like a 10 hour, 10 to 12 hour game is like the normal beat time. And I'm like, I'm liking it so much. I don't want it to end. So the more I play it, the quicker it's going to end, which is a weird way of thinking about it. And I know I have the second one, but yeah. Cool. Good Finally. stuff, man. Uh, well, yeah, no, I watched a number of movies this week. I've just been on a movie kick, so I just kind of, um, I mean, I, I've 
when I see a lot of Blu-rays on sale for movies that I have uninterested, I'll just pick them up for five, you know, eight bucks, whatever it is on Amazon. Yeah. And one of those that I've been sitting on for a while, um, and kind of going back to what we were talking about last episode, when um, I'm kind of binging a certain actor's movies or a certain series, and then I start looking at the video games associated with that movie. It's a terrible rusty rabbit hole that I never like going down, but it's always a good adventure. And when I was on a big Keanu Reeves kick a while back, probably watching the John Wick movies and then the Matrix and and one of them that I'd never seen was 47 Ronin. Yeah. Uh which was pretty good. Um it's kind of set in feudal Japan. He's kind of this um outcast that was raised in the jungle by these spirits or something like that and then demons. he he got away from the demons and then he found this village and he was always kind of the he was raised by this person but everyone kind of looked at him as this outsider of sorts yeah. and no one respected him so he's kind he's of a half breed he's a half breed and so he spent his whole <laughs> life trying to gain the respect of all of these samurai and i think it was meant to be based on true events these 47 ronin what i didn't anticipate with this movie because i i thought it was just kind of like the last samurai but with keanu reeves and no. it's definitely not that there's like all of these weird psychedelic fantasy moments or elements to the film which it makes it more interesting uh, the actual events are very interesting as well. It, mm. It's a really cool story, but I mean, you got Keanu Reeves, so you might as well like make him half demon and like taking down mythical creatures. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. CGI was a little weird. Um, I, I don't Which know. part was weird for you for Every, CGI? Just a lot of the mythical creatures. It just looked w- strange. Yeah, you like know? the blurriness in like hyper mode or whatever. Yeah, that was weird. And then I don't know, ever since I watched Lord of the Rings in 4K, I've just had more of an eye for like stunt doubles and things like that. Yeah. And I felt like there were a lot of very obvious moments where like that is not Keanu Reeves, <laughs> you know? Okay. Um, But I mean, all of that aside, it's a very entertaining film. Um, It doesn't come close to The Last Samurai for me. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, but 47 Ronin good time the fantasy stuff was a little strange and bizarre uh but the final battle was uh pretty epic yeah pretty entertaining it's good stuff good. Uh, definitely well worth the watch and i guess kind of on a similar train of thought i'll save some of these other movies for last uh when lauren and i got back to our hotel wednesday night we just turned on tv uh, turned on the tv and 300 rise of an empire was on the second 300 movie Okay. Yeah. Not as good as the first. Oh my no. That no. Uh, no, it's definitely not. Uh, and it is well like the the appeal of the first one is a bunch of shirtless oiled up sweaty men yeah. fighting. And like I, I feel like they're like, do we need a diet for this movie or like get in shape? And they're like, eh, we'll just paint on abs <laughs> for like do you need a lift? No, no. Because Gerard Butler has like behind the scenes of like how intense some of those workouts were, like even with like the Lord of the Rings guy and just kind of what they did. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like they did any of that. They're like, hey, you're off the street. Get in here. You're part of our 400 now. Yeah, <laughs> or they, 4,000, I think. They literally did. Yeah, there was just a lot of random dudes in there. Um, it was entertaining. I liked how it actually told the story in parallel of the events that happened in the first movie. And then when they got word that King Leonidas was killed among the 300, Everything that takes place in this movie is kind of in reaction to that. Yeah. So it's this main, like, thub, I don't his name, I just escapes me. It was like. Dude, it's been years. I don't remember much of that movie. I just remember there were lots of ships and, like, uh, Cersei Lannister is still in it. Yeah. Um, Did you ever see Judge Dredd? No. You, oh, if, okay, add that to one of your, like, random night ones. 
but she's also in that one, and it's a really good movie. It's a remake of an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, I think. Oh, okay. So cool. worth watching as well. Yeah, so 300 Rise of an Empire, we didn't finish it in our hotel room uh, because we were exhausted, but when we got back, I rented it on Amazon for like a couple bucks, and yeah, it was entertaining. It doesn't come close to the original. Uh, Zack Snyder did not direct the second film, which is definitely evident in how they filmed it. Like, you know, in the first one, a lot of the appeal was when they're like thrusting their spears forward, and they like zoom in, and then when they lop off heads, they're like zoom into that. It was very purposeful in the way that they zoomed in to all of these different weirdo scenes yeah like that one sequence with leonidas after they break their formation mm-hmm. and he's just going ham mm-hmm. yeah it's and before the arrows blot out the sun yeah <laughs> well this there was a different director so it was clearly evident that like they didn't film it in the same way yeah. so like it it kind of lives in the shadow of the first movie very clearly for me um, but it was still, again, very entertaining movie. If it comes on TV, it's just one of those things you mindlessly watch. I mean, it's not to the caliber of like a John Wick or a Bourne or a Taken. It, it's something that it's a mindless watch after the 300th time. Like, I think the parents have watched Shooter like at least 600 times in the last like 10 years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's definitely a watch if it's on. Yeah. So 300 Rise of an Empire. It was just okay. Uh, definitely doing, didn't do anything to rival the first movie for me. And then the next movie I watched, I just randomly came across this one on Amazon Prime. It's called Abandoned. Okay. Also based on true events. It's these four guys that don't have a whole lot of experience sailing. And they take this boat out on the water. One of them, once they kind of get out there, is like, all right, now the real fun begins. And the other three guys are like, what are you talking about? And he's like... I purposefully wanted to go this direction on this day because a storm is coming. And they were like, why in the world would you want to <laughs> sail in a, Yikes, in that a guy's storm? Friend group. And he's like, because it's more fun or whatever. Well, what ends up happening is this giant wave ends up causing the boat to capsize and tip over. And they're still there. They're fine. So they still live or they're surviving under not underneath the ship, but in the um the, the cabin of the ship. Yeah. Uh, and. And by ship, I mean, it, it's a pretty small, it's called a Tim Trimran, Trimaran. That means nothing to me, but it's similar to like a speedboat with some rooms on it. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, and this is actually based on true events. The boat, the boat was called the Rose Noel, capsized uh, on June 4th, 1989 in the Southern Pacific, just off the coast of New Zealand. And these four guys survived for 119 days. Wow. They finally end up seeing land. They come up on the shore of New Zealand. And then whether this is true or not, I'm not really sure. But they found this cabin of sorts. They walk up. They knock on the door. No one's there. So they found a spare key under a rock. They go into this building. And then they just go nuts. They start raiding the cabins, drinking bottles of wine. I mean, because if you haven't eaten anything for like 119 days of substance, you're going to go crazy. What was interesting, though, and and why the show Survivor fascinates me so much, I mean, obviously it's this, um, this social experiment of sorts, but what was interesting about the film, and I'm sure it was pretty true to form of what actually happened, was... What your body does in order to survive when you're put in that kind of a situation. So they had a lot of canned food and everything like that, and they ate a bunch of that. But then when that ran out, after about, you know, 20, 30, 40 days, 
barnacles started to form underneath the ship. Yeah. Well, then there started like fish started to appear to start eating the barnacles. So then they started like putting out nets and catching catching the fish and eating that. What they do for water? So that was interesting. They ended up running out of water. Yeah. And then the one of the guys, the cap, the captain, quote unquote, of the ship was kind of narrating the experience. You know, like because one of the guys was just he didn't suffer from bipolar disorder or anything like that, but he would go from zero to one hundred really quick. Yeah. And just kind of go nuts and start chewing the three other guys out for no re- apparent reason. He was kind of just going nuts. And so he was narrating the experience like, yeah, John, it didn't take much for him after day 30 to just kind of go off or whatever. Is um, the narrator the guy who decided to go off in the storm direction? Yeah. Yeah. The asshole of the group. Exactly. And so he ended up saying, like, you can live a long time not eating food, but obviously you can't go long without drinking water. It's like three days. I think so. It's like the three the rule of three so it's like you can go three minutes without air you can go three days without water and you can go three months without food or three three weeks without food i was gonna say three months oh my gosh that's... yeah yeah so i think that's like the general rule of thumb mm-hmm. i don't think i could survive three minutes without air but we'll see <laughs> <laughs> we won't see actually yeah let's do but, a you know so they ended challenge. up what they do for water yeah, so after they had run out of water, they were kind of just like, well, I guess we're just going to waste away at this point. Yeah. Well, then there's like a torrential downpour. And they actually prepped for a situation like this where they had canisters on the bottom of the boat and they screwed a hole into the top of the boat so that when the rain would come down and land on the boat, it would fill up this giant canister. So they're all sleeping and then all of a sudden they hear the water. And they also carved out a giant hole on the side of the boat high enough so that if the boat started tipping, the water wouldn't come in. Yeah, but they I, wouldn't get rid of their air pocket. Exactly. So um, when it started raining, one of the guys woke up and was like, it's raining, it's raining. So then they just started freaking out and getting all of their bottles and putting them out. And it was kind of like the exact thing that they needed to give them one more sliver of hope to keep fighting, you know, yeah. keep surviving. Um, so they filled up all their, their water bottles. They had two giant canisters that filled up with water because of the torrential downpour and they ended up surviving. Um, and again, not knowing if this was true or if this was just dramatic for the sake of being dramatic, when they ended up getting back, they were questioned by investigators and basically no one believed them. Yeah. They thought that they were just trying to become famous by surviving out in the water for 119 days. And when they landed on shore, they didn't anchor the boat or anything because there was no anchor at that point. Yeah. And so they just, at that point, just were trying to find someone or a cabin, which they ended up finding. And so when the investigators went back out to find their boat, um, a storm had pretty much demolished it. So it was in pieces at that point. Um, so there was no really real evidence of them being out there other than their boat uh, that was in pieces. And they were saying, well, did you keep like a log book? Did you prove to us that you were actually out in the water for this long? Um, and so I didn't really li- research or look into that. The Wikipedia page was basically just a paragraph. That seems to be a common thing. I think there was, I could be wrong about the details, but it was World War II. There was like a submarine and there was one guy who basically everyone else in the, cr- I think it was a submarine or a, a, or a ship or something, but everyone else on the crew was dead. This guy managed to float his way to like Cyprus or some island where he lived like secluded from everywhere. And then eventually... They found him and it was basically like, I'm the sole survivor of this ship and no one believed him. Mm. But I mean, yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I just can't even imagine the feeling of not only seeing land in the distance after floating on sea aimlessly for 119 days, but then the feeling of actually touching like the sand the again. Ground. The ground. After just floating. Yeah. Yeah. And it also like Did as they, I was watching Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say as as I was watching the movie, I was thinking like when they ran out of water. I'm like how ironic and freaky that the one thing they need to survive they're surrounded by but they can't drink it. Yeah. No, it, it that would suck. That would be so terrifying. So did they spend most of their time like underneath the ship in the water? Basically, yeah. Um, and then oftentimes they would get out on the um, – because the way the boat was structured, there's kind of like three pieces. So the right and left side of it were kind of these giant um, uh, almost canoe-looking things. Okay. And then the center of it was the actual cabin piece of the ship where they actually had the sail and everything like that. Uh-huh. So they would kind of sit on the um, the canoe-looking pieces – just to kind of hang out, you know, not to go to not go nuts. Yeah. You know? Um, so yeah, just really interesting stuff. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. It's, it's interesting or it. So like the difference between freshwater and saltwater that like most of our planet is covered in saltwater, which we can't drink, which sucks. And I think it's like close to like 2% of the water is drinkable on the planet. Wow. So very little. Yeah. Yeah. So wild stuff. It's on Amazon Prime. Abandoned. Based on true events. 1989. This boat capsized and four guys survived 119 days. Very fascinating stuff. It's not super interesting unless you're kind of into like the castaway type stuff where you just watch how someone reacts to, um, you know, being put in a situation like this. Yeah. So cool. Good stuff. And the last movie I watched was Pokemon Detective Pikachu. This very is, similar to Abandoned. <laughs> very similar. Yeah, this is one I also picked up a while back, but never got around to watching. And uh, I thought it was really good. You know, good. video game movie adaptations can always be very hit or miss. And I think this one definitely hit pretty well. I think, obviously, Ryan Reynolds, I think, carries this movie on his back yeah. as Pikachu. Really fun story. I thought the the live action Pokemon was a little bizarre and hard to get used to. I mean, it's it's an odd concept, just of like po. I think it works best as an anime, and seeing it in person, like some of those Pokemon would be terrifying. Yeah. to see in real life. Um, I mean, the Charizard to me looked amazing. Mm-hmm. That scene, Pikachu was great. Um, it, it's if you think about how terrifying the world of Pokemon would actually be, it, it's I, it's not a world I would want to live in. Unless, like, you couldn't die by being electrocuted, by being flamethrowered. I mean, by taking a Blastoise turnt to the face. Yeah. Think of how many pounds of pressure would be just crushing your skull coming out of a Blastoise. Yeah, the sense of realism isn't really there because, you know, Ash gets electrocuted all the time by Pikachu and it never really does anything to him. But to actually get electrocuted like that in real life, you'd be fried. Yeah, like Lieutenant Surge. I mean... You know he's killed people. Mm-hmm. Like he's a lieutenant in an army with Pokemon. Like no wonder all the fathers are basically dead in the entire like region, all regions. Yeah, because they all went to war with Pokemon. But yeah, I still, I'm still pushing for a game where we have a Pokemon war. But not pretty happen. sweet. I doubt it's ever going to happen. But uh, it would cause them to basically rate a Pokemon T or M. I would. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm there for similar it. to like the Keyblade War. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except with Pokemon and death. Exactly. 
Um, but yeah, no, so Ryan Reynolds definitely uh, stole the show as Pikachu. There was this one clip that I absolutely loved, and the movie's riddled with all kinds of fun Easter eggs for longtime Pokemon fans. Things that are said, Pokemon that are shown, just events that happen that it's like, oh my gosh, you wouldn't understand that or that really wouldn't mean anything to you unless you've been playing Pokemon since it came out in the late 90s or have been watching the original anime since the late 90s. So um, this moment in particular, I was just laughing out loud it was so cool and it's just a quick 20 second clip that i want to play so let's go ahead and, and take a listen searching far and wide <laughs> teach pokemon to understand the power that's inside pokemon gotta catch them all it's you and me i know it's my destiny pokemon what what is this yeah, so that was just Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu <laughs> singing the OG theme song. Oh, so special. The way they animate Pikachu 2 is just criminally adorable. It's yeah. so good. It's so good. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, people that started playing Pokemon with, like, Sun and Moon, like, him singing that theme song means nothing to them, you know? How different is the theme song for Sun and Moon? I, I haven't listened or watched that anime. Oh, I have no idea. But even, like, the Johto region, like... Everybody wants to be a master. Yeah. The, even, Everybody wants to show their stuff. <laughs> even that theme song. Pokemon. You good? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I obviously, I need to borrow that movie. I, I'll run a, I want to rewatch Detective Pikachu. Yeah, it's good. Um, but yeah, that moment is just so good. So good. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, you do have to wonder if there's going to be a sequel. Based on how the movie ends, I don't know how they would do it. The ending was a little weird and bizarre, and I'm not sure how on board I was with that, but yeah. um, oh, it is what it is. It was a good time. I'm glad I watched it. If you haven't watched Detective Pikachu, you absolutely should, especially if you are a long-time Pokemon fan. But that is really all I watched throughout the week. I'll probably go down my games played pretty quickly here just because we're already um, knocking on one hour's door. And I know we wanted this to be a shorter episode. We always do, Ryan. We have good intentions and then we tend to go. Yeah. And then, I mean, the last few episodes have been like two and a half hours when we thought it was going to be an hour. So it's been a long time since we've talked in a podcast form. So we needed to, to give the good people what they want, which I think is long episodes. I have no idea anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I think our survey was like two hours is good. Yeah. Or so anything beyond that, they're definitely turning it off and I can't blame them. But anyways, so they don't get my fun facts at the end at like after three hours. <laughs> yeah, you need to stay for the end. There's always fun facts and good tunes. But anyways, the games that I have been playing recently coming off of uh, our more negative conversation about Mario Golf last week on Switch um super rush i think is the the subtitle to that i did end up going back to it and finishing the story i had about cool. another hour and a half or so and again you know my beat tweet about it was i just feel like the story mode was pretty uninspired not very interesting i feel like they just wrote a really elaborate dialogue heavy story for the sake of having it there um it just didn't feel like it had much substance other than to introduce you to all of the intricacies of Speed Golf, which again is definitely the main highlight of that game. It's the best thing to happen to Mario Golf to date. And I think it is also best experience with friends or playing online because the story mode, it's good to play through to unlock all of the courses, but outside of that, not going to do much for you. It didn't do much for me anyways. And what I am looking forward to though is the DLC stuff, which I think is going to be free, similar to what they've done for Animal Crossing and I think Mario Kart 8. I think they have more courses planned because right now there's only six. 
and they have your standard desert terrain, your really nice green fairway type of place, and then uh, like a snowy area, uh, a lava place, whatever. There's some nice variety in the courses, but only six, you're going to run out of, um, um, of just unique courses pretty quick. Yeah. So um, for DLC, I mean, after completing the story, do you get what is there to do? So is there challenges to unlock characters or is there add-ons to that? I think there's some type of challenge mode, but I think it's pretty like self-imposed where like you can try and do a certain hole in under two minutes or something like that. I don't know if like it's old school melee where they have like a hundred of those challenges that you have to do. Yeah, I'm just trying. I'm comparing it to the GameCube one where it was like birdie challenge. So it was all courses in like that tree place was all birdieable. And if you got birdies on everything, you unlocked a specific character and you got to unlock that course. So that could be the thing. I mean, admittedly, I did not double click into the challenge mode stuff. So I really have no idea what's involved with that. Okay. And I also don't know in terms of unlockable characters and stuff. It looked like the roster was pretty full when I looked to play just random match play. So I don't know if there's also unlockable care. I hope there is. Otherwise, there's not much reason for me to go back other than to just play online. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm i getting sick of the, we're going to put out a, what feels like less than whole game, mm-hmm. and then we'll add stuff slowly over a year. It's like, fuck. No, I, I want it all at the start, and then add-ons are on top of a full game. Yeah. Like, I mean, Monster Hunter, I mean, I put like 120 hours, which is a lot of time into it. But, like, even that, you didn't have, like, the final boss of the story, compared to, like, World, which was... Like a full story, and then they added stuff on top of it. Not like after two months, we'll add an update with the final boss. Mm-hmm. It's that seems to be a trend. Yeah, it's a little frustrating. Again, as I said last week, I don't think it's something people need to rush out and buy right away. If you can get it for 50 bucks or a buy two, get one free deal at Target, whatever you can do to get this game a little bit discounted, I would wait unless you were like the biggest Mario Golf fan in the world. Otherwise, I think you're better off getting Hot Shots Golf or Everybody's Golf on PlayStation, or if you have a Vita, get Hot Shots Golf World Invitational. I think those games are going to serve you well, and they're going to be a lot more fun and certainly a better bang for your buck. But Mario Golf, still a pretty decent time. Also, following a conversation from last week's games I've been playing recently, good, good friend of the show, Blink, Blinkoom, Steve and RL, We finished Operation Tango on Friday night. If you missed last week's episode, this is kind of an espionage co-op game where one person plays as an agent, another person plays as a hacker. You can't see each other's screens and you kind of have to work together, mic'd up to solve a whole slew of random puzzles. And it is one of the best games I've played this year, without a doubt. One of the best co-op games I've played and I can't even tell you how long. And my goodness, I wish more people we're talking about Operation Tango. It was free on PlayStation Plus a couple months ago. Like I said last week, I didn't bat an eye at it. I didn't look at it. I had no idea what it was. I thought I heard rumblings of it being some type of co-op type game, but I, I didn't have any plans for you and I to play it because I'm sure you didn't even know much about it at all. I probably downloaded it, but that's about it. Yeah. And uh, my goodness, I just wish more people were talking about it. And I'm certainly continue to, going to continue to sing its praises throughout the rest of this year. Um, Blink and I, not only did we finish it, but we have plans to go through it again off stream so that we can get the Platinum Trophy 
And to do that, you basically just have to swap roles and play through it um, as the other character, whether it's the hacker or the agent. So really, really good time. Blink and I were just smiling ear to ear the entire time we were playing this game, laughing, laughing, <laughs> laughing uncontrollably. It was just a really fun game. So yeah, it, was, it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. 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 So if you haven't played Operation Tango, uh, call a buddy up and definitely check it out on PlayStation. And like I said last week too, I'd play, I'd pay hard earned cash for this, even though I got it for free as part of, as part of PlayStation plus, just because it is so dang fun. So outside of that, I have been playing more NBA 2k 20, continue to make progress with my character there. And also made some significant progress in Final Fantasy VII Remake. I just wrapped up Chapter 13. Okay. So if you are familiar with the game, um, let's just say the tower has collapsed. That's about all I will say. And mm. I think this is kind of where you would say we're in the end game now. We're yeah. kind of in the final act. We're kind of at the height of um, the chaos. And uh, my team is on a mission. So, and now I'm also getting it at to the point in the game where it's completely unfamiliar territory story-wise. Like, I know Cloud, I know Aerith, I know um, Tifa and Barrett. Like, I know this main cast of characters, but the significance of the story and the significance of the characters and how the role they play in the overall story, now it's all beginning to come together. And there's some serious weight to what's going on. So, really excited to play through it hoping you get around to playing it at some point because I would love to do kind of a spoiler-filled discussion or conversation around it. Yeah. Otherwise, Chrono, buddy, keep the uh, the phone waves open because I might have to, to give you a call, give you a ring to talk through everything and anything about Final Fantasy VII Remake. It would be fun once I play that to sit down and have him on and talk through it. Yeah, that'd be great because I know he... Because um, I want to play that because I've gotten past where you finish out the remake mm-hmm. in the original so yeah and i don't know how quickly i'll go back to the original after finishing remake but um especially since we have final fantasy 14 potentially um queued up to play that with the community and lauren and i might play final fantasy 10 or 12 That's later this final fantasy later this fall as well i know i mean i've just been in a really big rpg kick and um, I first need to finish remake before I can move on to anything else. Yeah. So, um, so really do you know how time. many, like how many hours you've put in or how many hours you have left to finish out the remaining three chapters? Yeah. So I'm about 21 hours in right now. And how long to beat says anywhere from like 28 to 42 based on main story and then main story plus side stuff. Yeah. So I, f- I have to, to think that chapters 14, 15 and 16 are probably the meatiest of the game or some of the meatiest, because a lot of chapters you can beat in 45 minutes, an hour, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think these final few chapters are probably going to be some of the longest in the game. It's tough to say, though. Yeah. No, I I remember the next sequence being pretty long. Um, I don't know how much additional content they were add, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. Yeah. Should be a good time. So definitely um, let me know in the Discord, DM me, write in an email to talk about this podcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear other people's thoughts about Remake. I know it came out last year and everyone's kind of, um, the hype has kind of died down a bit, but um, I'm going to need someone to talk to about it. So definitely um, reach out if you want to discuss some Final Fantasy VII Remake spoilers. 
All right, Ryan, let's get into the main topic of the show. We're getting back to Chuck Klosterman's supertheticals. If you're new here to the podcast and you have no idea what those are, these are 50 strange questions or 50 questions for strange conversations. Chuck Klosterman is a very interesting dude. He also did 50 hypotheticals, which were also questions for strange conversations that Ryan and I did many moons ago. I would say look for the weirdest episode title. Chances are that's probably something related to earlier hypothetical conversations. And what they are are these kind of prompt cards where they kind of pit you in a really weird situation. Sometimes they ask you to think of a specific person or a fictitious person, and then they ask you a question of how you'd react or how you would respond in this situation with that person. So I don't know how many of these we're going to do today, Ryan, because we already are at an hour, but we'll just kind of, we're going to try to do five, but we'll see. Okay. If some of them are longer conversations, then we'll just do three. Was Shaq in the shower one of the hypotheticals? Yeah, that was definitely one of them. Okay, I was like, dude, was that normal conversation or was that a hypothetical? But I think that is one. Yeah. I don't know where that is. Maybe 60s, but Probably. Yeah, yeah for sure. All right, you ready to get down with some supertheticals? I'm ready. Let's do this. All right, so I'm going to need you to think of a specific person. I can do that. Yeah. All right. This is a person you consider to be intelligent and very open-minded. They should be someone you know personally, although they don't need to be a person you know well. Okay. I'm going to pick you. I, I don't think I've picked you yet. You're pretty open-minded. Okay. Well, I'm going to pick you then. All right. It only makes Sounds sense. good. I'm All very right. close-minded. It's my way or the fucking highway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm aware. I'm aware. Colorado will be fun. Yeah. All right. So here's the card. A small but powerful bomb has been surgically implanted inside your chest cavity. Oh, shit. It will be detonated in 24 hours unless you can convince this person that they are not alive. They don't have to accept this notion in totality, but they need to concede that it's at least remotely possible that they are not actually alive. You can use any argument you want. You can prey upon their emotions, fears, and anxieties. You can lie, manipulate facts, and quote imaginary sources. However, you cannot mention that there is a bomb implanted in your chest. If you do, the bomb will explode simultaneously. The bomb will explode instantaneously. What is your argument to this person? So it, it sounds like unless you... So the bomb is in my chest and I have to convince you you're not real or else my bomb explodes. I think that's how that's where, I interpreted that. I think that's where this card's going. Yeah. Okay. I, I think the best argument is like the simulation argument. Mm-hmm. Um, that all of the irregularities that we see um, or the lapses and i guess normal i guess physics or whatever are all due to a glitch in the matrix or the simulation um i don't there's that rick and morty episode where the aliens capture rick and morty and they're basically it's rick overloading the system to escape and i i think i'd probably use that argument there that we're in in a simulation controlled by whether it would be defined as like a god or an alien pulling the strings. Yeah. I think that's the probably the best argument. Yeah. Um, when I was a kid, I always used to think about like space and how big the universe was. And I remember just like sitting on my swing set as a kid, 
oftentimes just kind of by myself when I would think about these types of things. And I'm like seven, eight years old, right? And I would think about how grand the universe is. And the more I thought about it and the more I thought about myself like existing, like living, breathing, me seeing you and having this conversation right now, the more like spaced out and weird it became of like, it didn't seem real. Yeah. And I I doubt... We could probably just give each other, like, I could give you some acid, mm-hmm. and then it'd be so far easier to convince you. But, like, yeah, thinking of how grand and large, like, hundreds of billions of galaxies filled with billions of stars. Mm-hmm. Do I really, like, me working 40 hours a week, does that matter to the universe? It doesn't matter to, like, the world, let alone the universe, mm-hmm. let alone outside of the observable, observable universe. So... Yeah, I, I think maybe get some drugs into you and then uh, convince you that you're not alive. <laughs> that would definitely do it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as you see, like, the walls melting around you, like, I, I feel like you could convince someone pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd probably take a similar approach. If I want to take things in a super dark way, uh, one one of the things in the card says you can prey upon their emotions, fears, and anxieties. So I think I might go the route of telling you, like, a, a long, elaborate story of, on the date of your 25th, 21st birthday, you were coming home from college, and granted, there's no larger bodies of water in central Ohio, but on your way home, it was a rainy day, you were coming across a bridge, um, there was a hole, like kind of a pothole in the middle of the bridge that you couldn't avoid, or this crack that you you ended up hitting, you lost control of the vehicle, you flew off of the bridge, and your vehicle went into the car, you were knocked unconscious. By the time you woke up, your car was at the bottom of the lake and you couldn't get out because your seatbelt was stuck. And so the past several years to you have actually been this purgatory place where you're just permanently recording the Otaku Brothers podcast with me (laughs) in this game room pretty much melting because it's 400 degrees and the cicadas won't stop singing. Yeah, I think you process like that's a dick move. And then I I feel like you... I think you process dreams or like a dream that you experience which feels like the entire night is actually really short, mm-hmm. like a few seconds. So you can make the argument that like you've lived out the last seven months, but you're actually in a coma yeah. or you're not actually here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Drowning in a car. Not fun. No, not at all. <laughs> or like I, I was I heard something this week where it was basically like. It was a boyfriend that shook his girlfriend awake and was like, you're finally awake. You've been like in a coma for the last three months, just like as she woke up for the day. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and they just started freaking out. But like, I feel like you could definitely like similar along the lines of what you were saying, like do that. When I don't could... suggest doing that to Lauren, but like. No. Yeah, that would freak. If you woke up and was like, you're finally awake, like you've been in a coma, I'd be like. Like have a meltdown. <laughs> when I feel like too, like you could point to specific things of like, you know how you thought you took Nala for a walk yesterday? That never happened. Like you could point to specific events that you know happened, but start to basically tell these weird like little lies to convince you otherwise that like, yeah, you thought that happened, but it really didn't, dude. Yeah. I mean, like even me coming over here today, like OCD's a hell of a like thing, but like I locked my door. And then I got into my car, started driving over here. I'm like, fuck, did I lock my door? So I like looped around my neighborhood, went up, made sure I, because I cooked some potatoes and steak this morning. So made sure everything was off in my apartment. Everything was unplugged, locked, 
triple checked my door and then left. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think it would be pretty easy to convince me, like, you didn't actually go on a walk. And then I think there was, like, prisoners of war in, like, the, was it the Vietnam War? I think it was probably the Vietnam War that they were, it was the Vietnamese were using, like, this brainwashing technique where it was, we will give you food if you can list one thing good about our country and one thing bad about the United States. Hmm. And, like, it doesn't seem like much to say one thing bad if, like, you're going to get food from it. But they'd slowly, like, grow that list. And then after a while, they were like, oh, yeah, maybe the United States isn't bad. Or it is bad, like, Mm -hmm. kind of thing. It's, like, slowly over time rewarding you saying something that can, like, like how you train a dog kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I probably wouldn't use the the car crash scenario because that's just too fucked up. But I probably would do the coma thing of like something happened and you're you've been in this dream state. So it does seem like you're living out your life, but really it's only a blip on the radar. It's been a month or whatever. Yeah, like right now you're on life support. Like yeah. I'm we're talking to you through a computer. Yeah. You're in a simulation. Yeah, like I'm sitting next to your bedside right now. Lauren's on the other side. Your dad and mom are at the foot of your bed. Like because I think that welcome would start- to heaven. <laughs> I think that would start to really freak someone out, you know? Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Especially if you're susceptible. Um, Okay. <laughs> that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's very interesting. That was very interesting. So let's get to this next card. Um, We need a specific person. Okay. And this is person, or this person is someone in your life you strongly dislike. You don't have to know them well, but you need to know them well enough that they also know you. In other words, it can't be someone you hate but have never met in person. So it can't just be some rando celebrity that you can't stand. It has to be someone that you've at least met in in real life that you just can't stand. Drives you nuts. I mean, for me, it's probably someone I work with. Uh, I'm not probably not going to mention names just because I don't want someone from my work to stumble upon this. But uh, Sean, buddy, if you're listening... You probably know exactly who I'm thinking of. It's just someone in her office, very entitled. Um, conversations that we've had in the past just really rubbed me the wrong way. And uh, yeah, the person just annoys me to no end. Yeah, similar for me. Uh, her name is Suzanne. She retired. Um, she's a complete bitch. And she was in charge of like full, like she's like new model projects. So she... Everyone answered to her for a specific project, which gave her a power complex. And she also had screwed over my dad when he worked in her office, like big time. Yeah, so, basically, you know, stunted his entire career and wouldn't, wouldn't allow him to get promoted. Yeah, she fucked him over big time. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Fuck you, Suzanne. Suzanne and this <laughs> other person. Problem is, she is my friend's from high school's mom, but she could eat a bag of dicks. Okay. Cool. Um, Let's go ahead then and start reading this card. All right. So just to kind of reiterate, person you dislike um, in your life, you don't have to know them well, but you need to know them well enough to have actually met them in RL. All right. So here we go. This person does not realize that you suddenly have the power to give them an illness. Okay. It can be any type of illness with any level of distress, a mildly annoying sore throat, sniffles, a nagging headache influenza, or even pancreatic cancer. If you choose to do this, your enemy will have no idea how they acquired the ailment, and neither will anyone else. Your involvement will be totally undetectable. In other words, you can give them any sickness you desire, 
and no one will know. Do you give this person an illness and what illness do you give them? I mean, this is a hard one. I, I don't know. I don't wish ill on anyone. Yeah. I'd have a hard time like hurting someone because of what they've done. I it, Like she worked in our office. I think she retired at the start of like the pandemic kind of thing when we had like buyouts. So like I totally forgot she was a human being, to be honest, until like I went downstairs and said, hey, Lauren, who's irritated me in my life. Um, so it's for me, it's a lot of water under the bridge. Um, for screwing over my dad, I, I think he's, he's moved on and he's done well. So it's, it's just irritating that it's consumed that amount of energy and stress and like everything in his life. I have a hard time giving someone a disease though mm-hmm. and like making them suffer. <laughs> I'd almost want them to know opposed to not to know, like I'm causing this because of X, Y, and Z, but I don't know. I, I'm kind of on the fence whether I even whether I'd be able to live with myself causing pain towards other pre, another person. Yeah, there's no way I would do anything. I mean, for mine, it's it's far less extreme than yours. I mean, the person just annoys me. Like that's petty, and, and stupid. <laughs> yeah, like all right, you know, cancer. Like get out of here. Like there's no need to to wish that in my eyes upon anyone, even if they did wrong me in some significant manner i mean when you get it's this big moral argument right that like if this person had killed a significant other or a family member of mine then it, let's have that conversation over whiskey and a cigar or something like at that point it becomes a, a different level of yeah that's not like something you admit to on a podcast conversation it's like, hey offline over beers but like yeah it, it's yeah this no one they haven't I wouldn't say physically, probably mentally harm my family. But yeah, if someone murdered my family, I'd probably wish for something. Maybe I'll just let her. I I wish upon her that she stubs her toe more often than previous would have would have done. I mean, like I, it's I. For me, okay, I would much rather like I'm not afraid of confrontation necessarily as long as I can have a healthy conversation with the other person. So for me, yeah. I'm going to just talk to the person if they've really wronged me. And this person that word I work with hasn't at all. Like they've never directly affected or or hurt me. But if someone did, like Suzanne in this instance, I want to have a conversation with her. Well, there's my dad. He's calling yeah, me. Right on time. On Even recording on a Sunday. Usually it's like every Saturday. No. Yeah. You but like if, if I'm in your shoes, I'd want to sit down with Suzanne and just ask her her motivations for the reason that she for the reason she did what she did with your dad, like why your dad's the nicest man ever. Like why yeah. in the world would you cause someone else to not want to move up just because, I mean, it's just so cold hearted and mean, you know? And so just to understand her motivations and just ask her straight up, like, what's the deal? Like, why did you do this? As opposed to just like, yeah, I kind of want her to just die of breast cancer. Actually, it's like, whoa, that's pretty- I, I, th- I think I'd have to sit her down and understand her motivations before I give like a life sentence, right? Yeah. Like the similar, the like going through court, innocent and pro- until proven guilty. Yeah. So like, if she's like, oh, I just, I found, I 
it was entertaining to have pain. Mm-hmm. Like she caused a team of like 13 people to 100% turnover twice. So like she's obviously the problem and her being a bitch. Um, but I think I'd have to understand why to then whether it's a slap fast or slow. Yeah. No, I'm with you. So we got to talk to the person, sit them down, say what's going on before um, you cause any ill will, which again, I don't think I do regardless, but definitely an interesting moral dilemma card. Curious where other people would fall with this one. But uh, yeah, it's also hard. Like the person technically had power over us because of like their position over our units and they can make our life hell mm -hmm. because of it. So it's addressing like for you, it's I think you guys are peers on par with each other so it's not like you're going to a boss or above mm -hmm. but like it's harder to confront confrontation for people who have power over you yeah no doubt Which sucks Alrighty, this next one ryan is happier a, things hopefully <laughs> hopefully this is a hypothetical person so this okay. person is someone who likes you more than you like them they desperately want to be your friend okay sounds good all right, let's read this mammoth of a card. My goodness, a lot of text on this one. Life has not gone your way. You've hit rock bottom and your options are limited. But then, for whatever reason, you happen to have a chance encounter with a grizzled elderly con artist. They immediately like you. Just before they leave town, they explain how you can escape from your current hardships. They teach you a simple confidence game that will solve all your problems. It's a cruel trick that can be attempted only on Christmas Eve. This scam will allow your life to return to the way it once was. According to them, attempting this con on a stranger is possible, but there's only a 25% chance it will work. Quote, but if you attempt this trick on someone who already wants to believe whatever you tell them, they note it will be extremely easy to pull off. It will be like taking candy from a baby. What? Where's this card going? Okay, this is the final thing. Okay. It's the morning of December 24th. Do you attempt to con the imagined person? Do you attempt to con a stranger? The con will take all day, so it can only be attempted once? I, I think the one question, and it's not clarified, is what are the repercussions on the person if the con is done? Because it doesn't say, it says you'll gain everything. It doesn't say what the person loses and what the consequences are. So if... If it's just an all-day thing, I con a person into believing something, and there's no repercussions to that person, then sure, there's no downside for that person, and I gain unrock bottom and what I want. Yeah. But if the person loses, I mean, I'm thinking lost the uh, Sawyer conning that girl. Oh yeah. And I'm thinking if they lose their life savings and have a downward spiral because I'm able to manipulate someone who want some wants my affection or friendship then probably no definitely no um, yeah I, I think it depends on how this affects the person that i'd be screwing over or doing it to yeah i'm with you i would need to know more i need to talk to this elderly con artist man and say what are the actual what's the deal here brother because this is weird i don't know what's going on and chuck glasserman you didn't write a whole lot of detailed instructions here of what's actually You'd happening. You think he would have added like repercussions to the person. That's like the one thing that would make it a dilemma. Yeah. Well, that's three cards, Ryan. Do you want to keep going? 
Let's do two. I mean, that last one was pretty quick. Okay. Let's do two more and then we'll call it a day. All right. This is a specific person and it's starting to rain really heavily outside. Is so it? This, this is just setting the mood here. Oh, shit. I guess I'm not going on a walk outside in the woods <laughs> with the dog. All right. There are no provisions or limitations in this scenario. Imagine any specific person you want, famous or unknown, real or fictional. Okay. Anyone goes. I'm going with Dave Grohl since I just watched the Foo Fighters concert. Hmm. You got someone in mind? Uh, that's a lot harder than picking a specific person. Probably Keanu Reeves, you know, talking about the Ronins before. So. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So I'm going with Dave Grohl. You've got Keanu Reeves. So you are now this person living their life. Oh, yes. God. <laughs> <laughs> If the person is fictional, you exist within the world their character inhabits. You look exactly like them. You have all their skills and their flaws. I should have done Master Chief. And everyone else recognizes and treats you as the person you selected. You inherit all of their memories, but you also retain all the memories and knowledge you have right now. You'll never return to your previous life. Upon making this transformation, what is the first thing that you want to do? Well, probably learn how to ride a motorcycle because Keanu Reeves has a huge collection of motorcycles. Um, he's had a really sad life, so probably go to therapy to try to deal with all of the things he's already probably coped with yeah. and dealt with that are now like circling in my mind, like all that raw, raw emotion. Um, I'd probably have access to information about Matrix 4. <laughs> I'm trying to think. And probably samurai swords. I I probably just explore and see like where he like his house or I guess my house now. Mm-hmm. And like how he keeps his memorabilia if he has anything. It's just trying to understand me taking up the mantle of yeah. Keanu Reeves. Um I I wouldn't I'm not going to complain about having $400 million, but yeah, we'll see. Probably just keep same down-to-earth lifestyle, though. He's he's yeah. pretty chill. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I think I'd probably do a little bit similar. I wouldn't do anything out of the ordinary, like out of the Dave Grohl ordinary, I should say. You have would, to learn how to play guitar. Well, no, like the part of the card says you now have all of their skills and their flaws. Oh, so I'm an assassin. Like, I have gunplay, like... Yeah, you dude, can. You already know I'm how to. I'm John Wick, dude. <laughs> yeah, you already know how to ride a motorcycle. Nice. Um, yeah, so if I'm Dave Grohl, I think you know I'd wrap up the tour. I'd probably just impromptly um, before the next show let my guys know, like, hey, we're gonna have to go back to rehearsals because we're gonna be playing older stuff that not a single Foo Fighters fan really cares about, except Mr. Yeah. Ari Lewis, 2011. <laughs> so. I'm going to be playing some of the really obscure stuff off of their earlier records that no one really likes but me and the hardcore fans. And uh, so I'll definitely do that on tour. But if I had to pick one thing, it'd probably be to call my buddy Chris Novoselic and just do a jam sesh because I don't think to this point, according to Dave Grohl, he's really played any Nirvana stuff just because of how difficult it is. Yeah. And I imagine it's still very challenging for him to even talk about it just because of uh, Kurt Cobain's tragic passing, but I'd want to kind of honor Kurt in a unique way and play the Nevermind record beginning to end. Um, 
and obviously we wouldn't have a singer. So maybe, maybe Dave would sing. He's, he's playing, I'd be playing drums. So, right. So probably wouldn't sing. maybe we just, we just jam. We just nice. jam out to the original Nirvana, uh, or Nevermind record and, uh, just reminisce about times with Kurt, which I'm sure they've already done. They've, I'm sure they've reminisced quite a bit, but I think it would be cool to, to actually play the record, um, in their original roles, drummer and bassist. Very fun. So that's what I'm doing and I'm sticking to it. All right. I'd actually love to hear what other people, who they would be. You don't have to tell us the whole elaborate story, but get in on the discord. Let us know if you could be one other person, fictional, real, or otherwise, who would you be and what would you do? All right. Let us know in the discord. Ready to do the final card, Ryan? I am. Yes. All right. This is a specific person. Okay. Try to remember the first person you had a conversation with today. The conversation must include a minimum of one complete sentence from each party. If you live with this person, they are not eligible. Well, then it's you. Yeah, it's probably you or your dog. Well, Scoob probably... <laughs> Scoob said full sentences. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> All that growling with the toy? Yeah. yeah. He said at least a few things. Um, I think it's you again. Yeah. Let's go to the next best thing probably, which is our, our dad's. Because you probably talked to your dad yesterday or whatever. Yeah. And then I talked to my dad. Actually, I talked to my mom yesterday. Dad wasn't there because he was planting shit here. Okay, so, so my mom. your mom, and I'm going to do my dad. All right, let's get to the meat of this card. Oh, gosh, why are these so dark? You awake in a hospital bed. <laughs> it sounds like one of the first cards we did. <laughs> your head is pounding and covered in bandages. You can't remember anything that has happened since yesterday evening, although your long-term memory, memory is fine. The doctor explains that you've suffered a serious concussion, but no permanent damage. You ask what happened. The doctor says that you got into an argument with the imagined person, and that argument escalated into a physical altercation. You beat your mom? <laughs> Whoa. Jeez. <laughs> no, you, it sounds like she beat me, right? Well, the last sentence is, you lost the fight. Yeah. You don't know what happened, but what do you assume caused this fight? Well... <laughs> My mom has a lot of books in the basement uh, that we're, we've been trying to get rid of over the years so we can like finish the basement. And she's gotten mad at me because whenever she goes away on a trip, it, we tend to go through things and she doesn't like that. And then like preparing for Lauren's graduation, I want to say from high school or no, it was from co or college maybe. I cleaned up one side of the basement for her kind of graduation party and threw away a lot of stuff. Like we smuggled garbage bags full of stuff. So I would assume that she went away on a trip. I threw away th close to 300, 400 books and then she beat me mm. and now I'm concussed. Wow. That's a believable story. I it actually probably, she wouldn't beat me, but like. For the for this card, I could see her getting ragey enough. Yeah. Okay, that's good stuff. Um, for me, you know, my dad and I, we tend to go out at least one night a week just to kind of catch up and stuff. And we talk a lot about football. So he's a big um, Los Angeles Rams. I was about to say St. Louis. Los Angeles Rams fan. I'm a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Uh, he does tend to root for the Steelers when we're watching them, of course, together. But... Recently, he's been talking about how he thinks in the AFC North, the Cleveland Browns are going to win the division pretty handedly. And he and I recently had arguments, not 
altercations physically, but certainly disagreements about that. So um, I think, you know, he would just send me over the edge and I would kind of get out of my seat. He'd get out of his seat and then he'd probably just tag me right in the face and knock me out because my dad's pretty... uh, Maybe you like to throw a beer at him or what out and out of rage and he yeah he yeah. uses all that kickboxing exactly yeah so yeah we argue basically about football and it just gets out of hand a little bit okay so yeah it's, it's weird like tr- applying scenarios to people who would never like, yeah do that it, it's hard to think of my mom would never hit me but like, yeah 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 no interesting stuff for sure. Um, weird set of cars today. I don't think these were super special in comparison to some of the earlier ones that we've had, but interesting nonetheless. So if you have any situations or scenarios that you want to respond to, by all means, get in the discord, let us know, or keep the thoughts to yourself. Regardless, we hope it's fun for you to play along as Ryan and I are kind of talking through these cards. But I think that is a wrap for this episode. One thing Ryan and I do want to bring up though, is that moving forward, Ryan kind of hinted at it a few minutes ago saying that Lauren, my wife, is wrapping up her master's here uh, in about a week's time. And with that comes more freedom and flexibility for her and I to hang out more often. And so I want to take advantage of that as much as I possibly can. And so we are making the announcement that Otaku Brothers is canceled. Uh, We've had a good run. (laughs) Throw this on me now on the podcast. (laughs) 122 episodes. We've made a good run. But I think it's time to to come to a close. So I'm kidding, people. We're not canceling anything. All right, Otaku Brothers is going to go. Said it far more serious than I was like, shit, maybe he's announcing it to me as well for a live reaction. <laughs> go out with a bang. No, um, we're going to keep going as long as we possibly can, or at least as long as Ryan and I want to continue doing the show. But we are going to scale things back a little bit where we are going to be recording every other week. So twice a month, we'll be recording the show um, you know, if we if we have a story or if there's a PlayStation state of play or E3 or something like that, we'll probably do a week to week just because we want the news to be timely and our reactions to be fresh. But outside of that, um, as long as it's still kind of just run of the mill, not a whole lot of news going on, we are probably just going to record every two weeks because that way um, free up some weekends for me, free up some weekends for you, do a little bit more things outside of the podcast because the people probably don't know, but between you coming over, Ryan, on Saturday mornings, us talking, having coffee, recording, taking breaks, and then me editing, posting, marketing, it's probably 5, 6 o'clock in the evening by the time I wrap all that up. So it it takes pretty much all of my Saturday every single weekend for the most part, um, and I would love to have that time back to spend with Lauren. So that's the plan. Hopefully um, not too upsetting for many of you out there, but hey, we're still doing the show. We're still bringing it to you. It's free. You can't beat free, and we're still going to be um, in your podcast queues twice a month. Yeah, I think it's a, for them, especially after a year and a half of doing Lauren doing her master's and just stressing herself out, it'll be good to get back to some normalcy for yeah. you guys, focus on the house and the yard. Um, and then, I mean, these episodes tend to be longer um, than an hour and a half. And I mean, even Blink on the stream on Friday was like, hey, I didn't have time to finish your last episode, which is like a full week. Um, So it it gives everyone two weeks to kind of get through these larger, chunkier episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, we're still enjoying the hell out of recording. Um, That's not to it's not to any indication that we're not. It's that focusing on life is kind of a push. 
Yeah, it's important. And um, also, we kind of found this out last week. The the more time we take between recordings means more for more fun stories and probably the longer the episode anyways. So yeah. that doesn't mean that these episodes are going to be now an hour long. If anything, it means they're going to be longer. So whether you like that or not, that's probably what you're going to get. At least we have timestamps so you can skip around <laughs> the things you want to listen to. But um, yeah, so just a little PSA for the Otaku Brothers, scaling it back twice a month, every other week, but we're still going to be in your podcast cues. So fear not. But Ryan, as we always do at the end of the Otaku Brothers show, I got to toss things over to you, see if you have any fun facts or uh, parting words for the good people. You got anything for us today? Yeah, let me pull it up real quick so I get the name correct. Uh, so back in 2019, the comic book industry for the United States, that's DC, uh, Marvel, and everyone, was about... Uh, 83,200,000 copies sold in 2019. Okay. And I think the average decline was about $1.2 million a year, or copies a year. So the estimated for 2020 was about 82 million for copies of all comics for the United States. Mm-hmm. Demon Slayer in 2020 sold... Was it eighty two million three hundred thousand copies? Holy moly! So one manga series sold larger than the entire United States comic book industry in two thousand twenty. That's fascinating because that's a big number. And then two, I don't even know what Demon Slayer is. Yeah, I mean that's you got Demon Slayer, you got like One Piece. One Piece being like fucking massive. Like you have all of these, and it's crazy to see. Almost how tiny the comic book industry has become hmm. compared to the more successful manga. Interesting. And then, the, like, I was watching a video on like how big, like, in I don't know if Barnes and Noble or some of these bookstores are. You see just shelves and shelves of manga, and then you see like a little, little tiny section for the U.S. kind of comics. So interesting. Well. Hope everyone else learned something new today. This is an educational program. After all, every single week, or at least every other week now, Ryan will be bringing a random fun fact, giving the good people what they want. I'm not sure they ever asked for it, but I'm certainly here <laughs> for it. So you got to listen to the end of the show to hear Ryan's fun fact and also the tunes that we fade out the show with. But that's a wrap. That's episode 122. Hope everyone enjoyed it. If you want to show your appreciation and love for the show, go over to Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Give us a little review. Rate us five stars. If you do and you write us something nice, we'll read it on the show. Even if it's constructive, we'll read that too. Give you a little shout out. It would mean the world to Ryan and I. Uh, I don't know if it ensures more people will listen to the show, but I think it maybe enchant- or increases the chances of that happening. And so uh, we would appreciate that. Yeah, more Final Fantasy 14 people. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we will be taking the next couple of weeks off. But when we come back, Ryan and I will detail the entirety of our Colorado adventures. We'll probably have impressions about Final Fantasy 14 online. And I'm sure if it's any indication of uh, or if history is any indication for Ryan and I, we're going to have some pretty wild stories to tell about Colorado. So that should be a good time. All right, everyone, stay safe, be well, keep playing the good old video games, and we will see you in a few weeks. Have a good one. Bye.